Welcome to Pure Hustle Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 56. 56. I always feel a little awkward when we start this episode. Or any episode. Why is that? Because it's like, you know, you got to have that dead silence right before we record. Like I'm waiting for some intro music. And I know we're not going to go down that road. But just kind of awkward, like dead silence to like, hey, we're doing a podcast. Yeah. But they heard the intro music, and that's what matters. <laughs> and Mike's yeah validates everything. <laughs> everything that we do every single time. Yeah. Hey, we are almost to eBay open. And we're in the middle of summer. And summer slowdown, I don't know. How, how's summer slowdown dealing with you? Um, you know, it hasn't been too bad. You okay. know, I feel like I feel like it's been consistent. Like, there hasn't been a drop in my sales. Um. There's definitely hasn't been a spike, but you know, yeah, it's consistent. I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. So there's various ways to approach this, right? So, and I'm, you know, I, I have nothing against anybody, you know, but it, I would say I struggle sometimes when people are like, yeah, what's summer slowdown, right? And like, I get it. Like we want to show numbers, but then I do feel bad. Like, cause I've been in those moments where you see other people and now I get it. You, you own your own thing, but it's just hard, you know, and things have been really good for me. They have, it's not like it's been bad. It's just one of those things like, oh, like if you're in that spot where you're struggling, it, it hurts to see like, or, you know, not that you get like, it's just one of those where like, what's wrong with me kind of deal. You know, I've been in that place. So I want to be careful. I don't want to just go like, hey, yeah, you know, what's summer slowdown? But I want to say like, things have been good. You know, um, it's it's kind of shocking to me the fact that, I think eBay's send offer button was a change. It was a game changer. Yeah. Oh no, for sure. We get sales all the time. Like sometimes I, I, I'll, I'll text my wife after we get a sale. We're both logged into the same eBay account, right? So that's good. Um. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's my secret eBay store. I somewhere. know she gets the the messages like the same time I do. Sometimes a little bit yeah, before yeah. I do. But as soon as something big sells, like if she's at work, or something I'll text her and I'll be like, I can't believe we just sold, right? And That's a awesome. lot of times she says, yeah, I just sent an offer on that today. And I'm like, oh, well, there we go. Like, of course yeah, it's yeah, sold. Yeah. Like you sent the offer on it. So it's amazing how many times, you know, the sales come from those send offers. And I just wonder, like, what would this summer look like without that? Well, I mean, what would any day look like? Well, well and that's the thing I was talking about. Remember, I had questioned like, OK, this good till get cancel change, right? Because I was a 30 day guy and I was really worried about how things were going to change. And so. I definitely believe promoted listings and the send offer has kind of stifled things from getting stale. Now, I will say one thing. Well, I, I want to ask you this. So would you say your sales convert when you do a send offer? So that offer you send, people are accepting. Is that how you're making your sales? Yeah, I'd say, I'd say every day that we send, like let's say we send eight or nine offers out in the day, um, I'd say two or three of those sell. And then we okay. we often get comments back, right? Like I oftentimes get a, a customer respond back and say, oh, that's a little too much. Would you be willing to do this? Right? So okay. um, I, even like not even as offers, like a lot of times they aren't even sending offers back. They just send messages, which has been kind of weird. So huh. I, don't, I don't know if it's something the way they get it, if they can't like send a counter offer, I'm not sure, but I think they can because I've gotten counter offers off my offers. Maybe because they, they get it. I don't know. It, maybe because it comes to them separately or differently. I don't know. But I've gotten more messages from offers of customers saying, hey, would you be willing to do this? Would you be willing? And it's just in a message form. So it's been it's been interesting. But yeah, I'd, I'd say 
pretty much any time we send offers on at least 10 items, a few of them are going to sell, right? So it's not like every single item that we send an offer on sells, but quite a few of them do. That's interesting. So my model's totally different. I will sell stuff. I'll maybe give like a 5% discount on stuff. Uh, you're probably doing a little bit more than 5%. Um, so let's say, yeah. let's say it's a shirt that's $34.99. Are you sending in a $29.99 or are you doing like $24.99 or $19.99? Yeah, I would say typically like a $5 off. And I know that, that the percentage-wise changes depending mm -hmm. on, on you know the cost of the item. But, but yeah, a lot of times it's $5 off of something like that. If it's $35 or $30, we might send. So it's a significant discount. Okay. You know, 5%. On thirty dollars isn't that much, okay. but you know. So yeah, and here's so you're getting accept. You know, you're having buyers accept your offers. What I'm finding is most buyers don't accept my offers, but those items sell to somebody, somebody else. else for full price, or I get sales on other stuff. And I don't know if it's you know I think it's eBay's algorithm, which we it's all a mystery. I think even to eBay it may be a mystery, right? Because algorithm functions on its own is that it likes seeing activity because it's interesting. Now, I will say there's days I've sent like tons of offers and, you know, it's been quiet. I've had a couple of quiet days where it's been one sale and then the next day it's like $1,000 in sales and the next day it's like $20. Like it's kind of weird how it ebbs and flows, but I don't know. I'm just, I'm happy. It, it's kind of addicting to send offers. I don't think I go a day without sending offers. No, it's nice. And especially because it's been something we've wanted for so long. And so now having it, it's, you know, to not use it every single day would, would be a shame. <laughs> like eBay right? one day is like, you know, we're not doing this anymore. You guys are ungrateful. You are not sending <laughs> enough offers. We're taking it away from you. I think the algorithm would take care of that. I don't think they have to say anything. So, all right. So I know you, I saw last update you had mentioned about you're looking forward to our sourcing together. So you want to share, I know we shared on our IG story, but there's more to the story. So Tell, tell us a little, how did that go? It wasn't great. It was not great at all. No, I mean. It was kind of sad. It was sad, but I would say, to be honest, that's the typical, I don't want to say typical, but I'd say that's probably 50% of the time when I go to thrift stores or more is leaving with a few items and maybe like 20 or $30 in profit. So okay. I go to a store and it's like, I got a couple of items. I'm going to, I bought it for $6. I'm going to sell for 35. You know, I'm going to make 20 bucks on this. And it's easy, I feel like, to look at and say, like, okay, this was sad because it wasn't the big hauls. It's always nice when you could walk in and say, like, mm -hmm. I just walked out with four or five hundred dollars worth of profit. But the reality is, for me at least, that doesn't happen all the time. So when it does happen, it's like a bonus, it's a treat. And then I just look at the days where it's like, all right, well, I just got a few things as if I'm consistently doing this every single day, constantly going to these thrift stores, getting thirty dollars here, thirty dollars here, it, it adds up over time. So when do you think the last time you walked out of a thrift store with like a major haul. Um, it was probably like a month ago. Okay, it's been a while. Yeah, I know. For me, it's been I want to say three months, maybe. And I think that was one. Uh, I think that's just something because I decided uh, with uh, Funky Cold Medina's, I said to go thrifting with them, and we just picked the store, and it just worked out. I mean, it was good for Instagram, right? The highlight reel, but. I would say since that point in time, every other time I've gone, it has been, it's been so, except for today on the way to the podcast, I did pick up, you know, a, a nice haul of Castelli. Castelli's like cycling wear shirts. Uh, they're $4.99 a piece, new with tags and picked up about 19 of them. And they should each go for about 20 to 30 bucks. 
So not, and I had the teacher discount, so it wasn't too bad. But that's what I'm finding. And and I wanted to address this a little bit. I kind of asked you that because I think we're at a place, this is just me, that thrift stores are should be like your secondary, unless you're going to the bins. I know some, you see those bin things on Instagram? Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. It's like phenomenal what people find at the bins, but it's work. Yeah, I mean, I still haven't been to the bins. Uh, you did not portray it in a light that makes me want to go to the bins <laughs> anytime soon. And you know what? I I was one and done. I think I should. We should go back. Me and you should go back. Do you think it's like location specific? Do you think like bins in San Diego are worse than bins in other places? I, I do think it's location specific. I now I do know some resellers from San Diego that have gone and they they get some scores, and it's all about knowing people and networking there too. You know. But, you know, I look at people, you know, we have a lot of people in the Pacific Northwest and they seem to have a great time at the bins. There's a lot of people in the Midwest that go to the bins and they have, you know, there's people in L.A. that go to the bins and they find stuff. I just, I don't know. I think our bins here is just Okay, just so if that's, if that's like your third option, what's option one and two? Well, we always, you know. And I'm not saying you can make a living off of this. I'm saying you can find a lot of good stuff. Number one is garage sales and bulk buys. And what I mean by that is, well, garage sales is easy, but bulk buys is, and we've talked about this so many times, business cards, connecting with people and networking, you know, maybe putting ads on OfferUp and let go and Craigslist, whatever it is you can to can make those connections. Because right now, you know, I've gone maybe... Six to eight, I can maybe, maybe 10, let's say 10 to exaggerate, 10 thrift stores in the last two months. And I still have more inventory than I know what to do with from bulk buys and garage sales. Like I, I don't have like a shortage of items to list. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and the second one is, I, I think there has to be some kind of wholesale game in there. And this is what I'm talking about scaling. I'm talking about if you go full time and you want to scale, I think there has to be as, as far as my experience, and even right now, and obviously, you know, sharing wholesale resources isn't wise, right? Uh, maybe if we had like two listeners in the podcast and like two followers, but I, for me, it's, there has to be a consistent flow of goods, right? And so I think wholesale is a place. I, I would say if you have outlets, that's a good legit place. I still think, you know, the normal discount stores that you see on Instagram all the time are still a good place. But my experience, at least in San Diego right now, is if I was trying to go full time, let's say two years ago, under these conditions right now, I, I don't know if I'd make it. Really? I'm serious. I'm really, really serious. I, you know, I look at the sales, the huge days that I had this past week, maybe 10% of those items were from thrift stores. Hmm. Maybe, maybe. Uh, the, the rest, I mean, as far as the big scores, like the major, you know, purchases came from bulk buys, garage sales, wholesale, and so on. Uh, and I've got to believe, and maybe this is, I'm, I'm typically like ultra pessimistic. Like I'm not, I'm not <laughs> Mr. Optimistic. No, no, he smiles. I mean, I smile, but like my, I think, you know, some people look at it as a weakness. I, I look at it as a strength, if not taken to the extreme yeah. is I'm always looking at like, okay. What's the, what are the obstacles that we're going to face? How can we overcome them? Uh, but that being said, I'm somewhat optimistic that, that thrift stores are going to turn around. Like, yeah, I feel like yeah, they have to eventually. So I think from that, we got to take that your model is going to have to change. Like what you're doing mm -hmm. now, you know, it, it, if it's not working, it's probably because you're trying to do what you were doing a few years ago. 
and things have just changed. But that also means that you can't just abandon it, right? You can't say like, okay, I'm never walking into a thrift oh, store agreed. again. I'm not going to, because you we never still know. go. Yeah. And, we still and, go. And, and that shift is going to be slow, right? I feel like it's going to be sl slow, especially if a lot of the resellers in your area are abandoning thrift stores, right? That's less competition for you. So even if prices are high, if people aren't coming in and swooping up all of the gold, right? Yeah, but it's see, there for you. it's not that the prices are high. It's that the selection is poor. I mean, part of that could just be competition. It could be. It could be. And I know in San Diego, we're very like super heavy, I think, competition wise. But I, let me be clear about this one thing, though. If you're trying to do part time, I think thrift stores is totally doable. Totally doable. Like, I have no question. Like, could you make a few hundred? Maybe you could make a couple thousand a month. If you want to go full time and be able to pay the bills and build capital, I think you have to find ways outside of thrift stores to to source. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that's good. And I think I think too, I mean you you kind of nailed it. Like obviously wholesale is is the dream, but even even you know going to outlets and buying in bulk, right? And just doing yeah. that kind of stuff, your profit margins might be less, but if you're looking at scaling and you're like, okay, I'm only going to make $10 per shirt that I'm selling, but I can buy 40 of the exact same shirt in different mm -hmm. sizes and it's only three listings and super simple to, you know, if you're sell through rates good. Yeah, so if you can do something like that, you know, I think that's scalable too. Um, but, and that's kind of the, like you've even mentioned, like sometimes it's worth paying up if you can go somewhere and know you're going to fill your car up, mm -hmm. right? Because if you're just relying on thrift stores, well, chances of you filling your car up every time. At least right now, at least that's what we sense here in San Diego. You may be in another part of the country and it's... <laughs> yeah, location specific. You're so welcome. And again, we haven't even mentioned, you know, if you do Amazon and if you do Posh, I mean... Amazon is still a beast for me. Prime Days come, we'll talk about that a little bit. So Amazon helps supplement maybe those weaknesses in the thrift stores for me. So, all right. So here I did want to share something though. So we made it look really bad, but there was a really good connection. Remember, I, sh I shared this a little bit. Remember right. when we went to uh, the thrift stores? Oh, right. Yeah. All right. The guy you talked to there. I feel like I'm talking too much. Am I talking too much? No, you're good. Okay. All right. I did have somebody come up to us, a former coworker of ours go, Rolando, you talk a lot on the podcast. Really? And I'm like, well, it is a podcast. <laughs> That's okay with me. Okay. So it's better than dead silence. Maybe what they were really saying is, we'd love to hear Mike talk more. That's probably it. That's that's, <laughs> which, that's which is what the I same thing. That. Yeah, it, it's the same thing. It just said, you know, it's actually said in a, a, a kind of a cruel way towards you, right? Yeah, like, I, it would have been it would have been a little nicer if they'd have said, I'd like to hear Mike talk more. Yeah, but you know, it's all good. I do talk a lot. You talk too much. I do. I do. I'm that kind of guy. All right. So do you remember when we walked in the store? You actually got a head start on me. Do you remember why? Yeah, you started talking to somebody that you knew, right? Yeah, it was okay. So he, And I took that opportunity. I saw him. He did to take that opportunity. I'm like, Boop. I'm checking all the electronics and check some shoes out. Yep. Kept glancing over. I'm like, all right, still got some time. But I still scored. So this is what happened. So we're at the store that shall not be named. Mike. And here's the interesting thing. So Mike and I have both been in education, right? Because we run into people, you know, from all kinds of places, right? And we actually ran into a former teacher and a student and, you know, so we, we can't avoid it. And it does slow you down, but it's all good to talk to people. Well, while Mike's looking, this is uh, somebody that works, and I'm not going to mention the store or the chain or any of that because, you know, I want to protect their identity. But here's the crazy thing. I always talk about networking. And when I mean networking, I'm not saying you walk into a store and you're like, here's my card. Give me a call. 
it's kind of like just talk to people like you know be friendly like you know shoot the breeze with people like people like to know that you care about them and you're thinking about them and so on and uh there is this guy that i've known i would say for five years and now one of the reasons he knows me is because my my son when he was younger he was just he just liked to be loud in the stores and so everybody always knew when I'd be in a thrift store because they're like, oh, there's Orlando. And hey, where's your son? I got always get like when things were too quiet and I'm sourcing, they always get this question. So I'm talking to him or like, hey, he's like, hey, you haven't been around in a while. Haven't seen you. I'm like, oh, I'll stop by. You know, it's good seeing you, blah, blah, blah. Well, next day. I go to that store and that person's there. He's like, hey, you're here. I'm like, oh, yeah, totally forgot that this was this. I, I did. I didn't remember. This is the store that you're at. And so here's what, here's where it gets interesting. I didn't even like try to work anything out. I just, there were some items that were there. There was like uh, some Lego sets and they were super like overpriced. And then there was like all these like cosmetics and I'm not a big cosmetics, but they're, uh, you know, this certain brand that's pretty popular these days. <laughs> I'm doing everything I can not to mention anything, but you know, I, I go to this individual. I'm like, hey, you know, this is kind of crazy. Like these prices, like the, where did you guys get your price? And, you know, I have a good enough relationship. But I can say like, oh, don't worry about it. What do you want for it? Like, what, what are you willing to pay? And I'm like, and usually I, I always say, don't give the first number. But in this case, like I just told him, I said, hey, if I give you what I want, like it's going to be super cheap. But I didn't go super cheap. I kind of went middle of the road. So yeah, you don't want to burn that bridge. You don't want to, and you don't want to end the negotiation. Yeah. So the item was 60 bucks. So I said, you know, I, I'd be comfortable with 15 because then I showed him on my phone, the comps, I go, these are selling for like 60 to hundred. I, I do 15. He goes, can you pay 20? I'm like, okay. He goes, all right. And then another item, how much? Another item, how much? Bulk buy of these cosmetics, how much? And I scored. Nice. I'm I'm also like 99% sure that you told this story last week. No, I didn't. Yeah. No, I didn't. I'm pretty sure. We were talking off air. I don't know. I don't think so. We were talking about building connections. Oh, my. So, but that's good. Like, it was a good story. So I'm glad no, to hear it again. No, I, I distinctly, I never, uh, no. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. That would be super embarrassing. So let us know in the comments below. Did Orlando share this story before? Yeah. There we go. Anyways, what I wanted to share is, and, and maybe I did share this last time. Oh, I did, because we were talking about getting ready for Q4 and Q3, and I talked about connections. Okay. Well, anyways, I'm excited because I just went through that inventory, and I looked at all the stuff, and I'm like, I may make $1,000 off a $100 purchase. Wow. Wow, that's So it was a hustle of the week. So my apologies if I did share that story, which now I'm like 98% sure. Yeah, that's all right. You know, it, <laughs> it was a it was a nice story, kind of warm and fuzzy, and you know, and and you mentioned bringing, uh, you know, your kids with you thrift stores, and let me tell you, bringing my son is always interesting, especially as he gets a little older because he's he's like the cutest little kid, right? But he's also um, he can be a turkey sometimes, and as he's getting older and like can reach a little further, because it was easy when he was just in a car seat and yeah. like would sleep. You know, and that's all he did. Yeah, while I, was pushing I, I remember those days. Now it's like we go down an aisle, and I can't do clothes when when I've got him because every single item that he can oh yeah, yeah yeah. So it's like every shirt's coming off, every pair of jeans is coming off, and I'm like, no. So I'm trying to like move him like as close to the middle as possible. Um, but the other thing is because he's so cute and he loves to wave at people. 
people will come over and talk. So you mentioned talking to people, so slowing you, you down. Yeah, so sometimes my son slows me down just because he's so cute, but it's worth it because then I get to work and spend time well, with my just family. Just wait which is until amazing. he starts going into like the clothing racks. Oh, and, like running in between them, like and stuff. hiding in there, and you're like, oh, maybe your son won't do that, but for me, that was the time killer. Oh, I believe it. Because real quick, I'm looking at stuff and like seriously, like 30 seconds, and he's gone. I'm like, oh, he's in, he's in that clothing rack right there. Yeah, uh, it no, would it, drive me crazy. It's crazy how fast they can move and the places they can get into too. Like we were we were at a at the airport. We were took him on his first flight. It was actually a second flight, but taking a 19 month old on an airplane is is intense, right? Okay. Um, but we were in the airport waiting for our, our flight, and two seconds he dropped down onto the ground and started crawling underneath the benches. <laughs> and he was able to like keep crawling underneath them, and we couldn't find him because he's like crawling yeah. underneath people's feet. And then he like pops out between these people's like legs and just like looks up and smiles at them and waves. And I'm like, sorry, like trying to rush to the other side where he's at. Yeah, so I can only imagine once he's uh, running around a thrift store, the kind of uh, mischief he's going to get into. But man, it's so worth but, it, right? But like, you'll be known. <laughs> like you'll so. walk in, it's like, hey, hey it's Mike, the guy, the with, seller guy with the kid, the guy with the kid. Yeah. So I don't know. I. Hey, kids, kids really help you like talk to other people, especially if they have kids too. Um, you know, cause I'm, I'm a little more introverted and, and I have no problem talking with people that I know well, okay. uh, but if it's just strangers, I, I, I typically don't do like tons of small talk and stuff. Uh, but, but man, let me tell you, kids will, they open up those doors. So I'm kind of excited to, uh, make more connections. I don't want to say using my son, but like <laughs> allowing the opportunities that are being provided by my son. I always say the create. end game's the same, so oh, there, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. What I want to know is, if I did tell the same story, why didn't Mike stop me? That's all I want to know. Oh, you know. I just want to know. I don't think was it a, was a good podcast. I, I, like, don't, I don't think you have the opportunity to talk enough on the podcast. So. Oh, thanks. <laughs> all right, hey, let's talk about Posh real quick, though. How's Posh been for you? Not, you know, Posh is. I've I've come to conclude it's just like anything, just like eBay. Um, you get out of it what you put into it, right? And I see lots of people uh, that that I follow on Instagram and and that I, I see very successful with Posh. And I believe it because when we're putting time and energy and effort into Posh, uh, it, it is very successful. Um, it's just so limited as far as we, we haven't gone like the, the home goods route or hard goods on, on Posh yet. We're still doing the home goods route. <laughs> you know, like non-clothing items. Yeah, yeah no, I hear you. So... You know, maybe if we did that, we'd be a little bit more interested, but I would say probably 75% of our inventory is not clothing. And so it's a little bit easier to kind of be eBay focused because okay. so much more inventory is <clears throat> there. Uh, but, you know, we still do pretty okay on Poshmark. And we we just recently did some some sourcing at some big box stores uh, and kind of bought in bulk on some items. So hopefully those do well on, on Poshmark. I think because you know, there's certain things we buy and we just know it's like this will sell on Posh, this will sell on eBay. Um, you kind of just get the feel for it. And so that actually opens up your opportunities when you're outsourcing to say like, hey, I might not normally pick this up, but if you're selling on Posh, it's like, oh, but this will sell on Posh. Okay. All right. What about you? How's Posh going for you? Uh, no sales? No, I'm done. <laughs> like I, and obviously I should give it more of a try, but eBay has been so good. Like I, I don't, it's, so all five items that you like, have on your posh store, the grass, is, the grass sold. isn't greener. It's Can just you, not greener. It's it's unbelievable how, you know, like you just would think if you post five things that like you'd, no, be, I know. you'd become a millionaire I'm overnight. Not, no, right? Okay. Okay. I get it. Like, yes, I got 10 items. None of them have sold, but I got to tell you, like eBay has been so good, right? It's kind of like, you know, eBay is like 
the the good spouse, right? Always good to me, takes care of me. Like, there's no need for me to, you know, look or venture anywhere else. eBay's just that good to me. So, are you equating Poshmark to the mistress? Is that <laughs> no. what this is like? Well, I don't know. I kind of feel a loyalty to eBay. Huh? It just—it's one of those things where so, eBay was so, so who's good. Amazon, in this situation. This is getting it's getting weird. <laughs> what is Amazon? Uh I would say Amazon's like the like the in-laws. The in-laws. <laughs> yeah, like like you need them, but you really don't want to need them. Mm. Right? It, so they, like in-laws that you're dependent on, like they're they're helping pay some of the bills. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of like, you know, you kind of like but they remind you of it. That's kind of how I feel about <laughs> Amazon. I know for some of you, like Amazon's your, you know, your one and only, and you forsake all others, but for me, I don't know. I, I kind of like, I do Amazon because I got bills to pay and I got things to do, but I will tell you, I am not a robot. Yeah. Like I'm not, I don't like scan. I mean, I don't, again, Q4, I love it. But when it's non-Q4, like going out there and scanning and doing research on OA and, and, you know, putting together boxes, ship out, like none of that like intrigues me. Yeah. I, I think that's a big part of it too, is, is I think it's more scalable. I think that there's obviously a lot of money to be made there, but it's kind of like, I don't want to say factory work. It's like you're working in a warehouse, right? And it think, is. Half the time it is. And I think there's still unless that, Unless you pay somebody or you have a prep center. Right. And I, I still think there's the element of, of you know, treasure hunting to an extent. I remember last year, Q4. I mean, you get an adrenaline rush when it's like you're looking for that hot toy. Yep, and I you're agree. driving from store to store and you yeah. get the ones they have. And then like, so there's there's still some excitement there, you know, to an extent. But I feel like when you're selling... On eBay, it's more of, and and maybe this is just our style of selling, so we're biased yeah. to this, but there's, you know. There's validation. It's a little bit more of like the Wild West, and it's like you're treasure hunting, and there's like, you got such an eclectic collection of items. Um, I would say, other than a few things that I buy in bulk for like Poshmark, most of the stuff that's on eBay, it's like one-ofs, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not like buying 10 or 15 of the same thing, so there's always just fresh new items. It's always interesting. You know, I kind of feel like I'm like a thrift store as opposed to a big box store. Right. Agreed. And you know, maybe that's just our style of selling because again, I know that there are people who sell on eBay and their primary way of selling on eBay is they have like one or two items that they sell and they have, you know, they move thousands of them a month. Right. And so it's more like selling on Amazon. That's just the platform they're using. But you know, I kind of like the treasure hunting aspect. That we I agree. Do. I think that's, that's who we are. I just think that's how we roll. All right. So I think I think we covered all our updates. So I wish we had more. Hopefully next time Mike and I source again, we'll have a better story to tell. And we won't tell the same story twice. There yeah, we go. That'd be that'd be good. That'd be good. Okay, what do you some random stories? What do you, anything random happen to you? Um so I don't know how random this is. I don't know if we should call this random story. It should be like story time. Circle time. We'll call it something. Um, so I'm going to call this story The Tale of Two Legos. Okay. I mean, since we're doing it, it's like a story. All right. right? Sure. So <laughs> I went to one house um, and they mentioned on, and let me know if I've told this story. I don't think I have. See, now I'm on edge. <laughs> See, here's what happens. We talk off air and some stuff we don't share on the podcast and some we do. And so... Now it's getting all muddled because so Mike and I are doing a lot of things behind the scenes that, you know, you'll you'll see in the next few weeks, but everything's like blurring together. That's our problem, I think, right now. Yeah. 
That's so. okay. Unless somebody's binging through them, right? They, they probably won't mind. It's, <laughs> That's true. it's when you binge through them that it's like you catch the, all the mistakes or the the overlap on stuff. We make know. a lot of mistakes. Yeah, well, you know. But we appreciate you guys being good with that. So I go to one house where they're selling Legos, right? And garage sale? Garage sale. Okay. Yes. What else? Right? Well, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe you had like an offer up or something. It's true. No, so I'm I'm doing garage sales and um this garage sale didn't actually start until I think it was like eight. And so that's always a bummer because some garage sales in the area start at six, but they're like further away. And so like, I'm trying to hit all these garage sales and still be to that one early enough. Right. Okay. And it said on the, the list, like lots of Legos. And so I'm like, all right, you know, you never know. Sometimes people I've bought them before relatively inexpensive at garage sales. So I show up and I'm looking around and sure enough, I see this huge tote of Legos, right? Like mm. one of the totes, like Costco tote, like, Oh, those are big, like the yellow and black totes. Yeah. Like, wow. That's like, huge. It's a big tote. Okay. And so I'm like asking her, I'm like, so how much? And she's like, a dollar a bag. Right. And so I'm like, okay. so like she had like Ziploc bags or something? Ziploc bags, but they were like, you know, like the snack size Ziploc bags. Okay, but okay. she's like, but no picking through them. You just have to like put them back. Okay. And I'm like, what if I just bought them all? Right. I, I pulled the, what if, what if I just buy the You whole told tote? some Lego story a couple of weeks ago, but I don't think it's this one. Oh, I hope not. So, <laughs> all right. And I, I asked her, like, can I, can I, you know, how much if I buy this whole, this whole box? And she's like, um, 300. And it was just too much, right? Like, honestly, that's probably about what I'd make, maybe a little bit yeah. more on, but then I'd have to go through the process of, of putting them in boxes, taking the, like, if you sold them by the lot, was it what you're saying? Yeah. In lots. Okay. So I, they're just, there wasn't money, not enough money to make it worthwhile, right? Like not to invest $300. And like she wouldn't budge, right? It was like not moving beyond that. And then same thing with like some really like obscure board game pieces that she had of like an out of print set, and she she wouldn't budge on those. Then I go to another house, and they had Legos too, right? Okay. This time is like three of the sets that you can get like a tar- Target or Walmart that are like fifteen dollars each. Okay, like with the boxes still, but like the pieces are all jumbled up together. Some, you know. The boy one, so you didn't the girl one. You didn't move on the first. I didn't house. move on it. Okay, you didn't tell the story. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it was it was they, they wanted way too much for. Yeah. Her. But it was like she knew her prices, right? Like she could probably get that much if she finds the right. Did person. you throw the line? You should throw them like, hey, you should sell these on eBay. Nah, I should. I'm telling you, that's a negotiation line. It really is. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and just explain how hard it is. Like I sell well, on no, eBay, and this is how much time like it's gonna this. take. Yeah, kind of like it starts like it goes. Hey, you should really sell these on eBay, and then they'll go, yeah, it's a good idea. I go, but. Then I dropped the, yeah, but you know what? Right. Think about it. It's going to take this and this and this and this. I go, but I, I'll take care of it now. You don't even have to worry about it. It's worked multiple times for me. I, and I believe it'll work. But then there's still those people who think they should get the eBay price just for the random person who walks up to the garage sale. You know, that's kind yeah. of what they're hoping. Well, what I do, here's the other, this is my new thing now. If somebody says, no, I'm going to sell on eBay. I'm like, hey, here's my business card. If you need help selling it, let me know. Nice. Right. And then, and I've had it where, you know, they don't, they just, they refuse, they just, they see it. And cause I'm kind of just, I would, I mean, if somebody hit me up and said, Hey, how do I do this listing? Blah, blah. I'd give them like, you know, 30 seconds of my time. Or you could say, here's this podcast you can listen to. It's called PRS podcast. Start at episode <laughs> one. There's like 56 episodes. I don't know if I'd go that far. Why not, man? No, I, listen, I, you could change somebody's life like that. Yeah, it's true. You know, like they might not realize they're a reseller and then they're like, I can do this. And then any opportunity you have from 
getting anything from that source is gone. That's true. Yeah. So anyways, go ahead. Okay. You went to the second house of Legos. Yeah. So I go to the second house and they didn't have anything else there that was worthwhile. Um, And so I'm like, well, you know, maybe these people are just willing to part with these Legos for like five bucks, you know, because they're kind of, how much you want for these Legos? I asked. $150. Wow. So no, first, was there an eBay listing or no, what? No. Just $150. $150. So the first house was priced about right, but just way too expensive. Yeah, if that retail makes priced right. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So so that's that's probably what I'd be able to sell that that set for, that tote for is $300. The second house, way overpriced and barely anything, right? So it's just, wow. it's interesting. I think it's just a, a reminder. 150. 150. Just a reminder that people don't always know how to value their items, right? They Some people way overvalue items. Some people have the right, you know, value on items, but the conditions are wrong, right? Because that matters soon. I think that's what you, you mentioned when you talk about like using, you should sell this on eBay when you try and use different tactics to, to negotiate is, look, you're right. This is worth, what you're saying you want for it. But the reality is you're probably not going to get that under these conditions, right? You might get that six months from now if you put it on eBay and you spend the hours doing the work and the pictures and the this and the that. Um, and so there's people like that. And then when you're lucky, there are people who I want to say, see the light, right? Like I'm never for taking advantage of people. If somebody agreed, like when you hear those stories, cause sometimes when I tell people I resell, um, you go to garage sales and you buy stuff, they, in their mind, they think of the stories they've heard of like the people who go to old ladies who have like a really nice car that their husband had before he went to the war, you know, and it's just been sitting there and they don't know what it's worth. And someone's like, I'll give you a hundred dollars for that. And it's like a really, like to me, like Mm -hmm. scamming somebody who doesn't know better, who you're intentionally trying to like. Well, I think, I think there's two sides to that. I don't know if scam is the right word. I would say if so, it's only watching the podcast. I'm holding up my phone and looking at it, eBay. <laughs> but, you know, this thing, this device to me has leveled the playing field. I would say 12 years ago, if you approach somebody and they didn't know the value of it and, you know, you knew you could make, you know, $10,000, let's say off a hundred dollar purchase. Uh, I don't know if it, I don't think if there's anything unethical, but it's, Maybe an issue of appropriateness. But now that everyone has access to information, I'm not sure the argument works anymore. Well, and of course, we're talking about extremes here. And that's what I mean. Like when people think of extremes, if you go to a 90 year old individual who has like, like, you know, they're just they're they're not. I don't know. There's people who (laughs) be careful, Mike. Well, I'm I'm, I'm trying to be careful. I'm trying to be realistic because, you know, I, I know. Uh, my my wife's grandma passed away not too long ago. Yeah, okay. Right? And so okay. we were over there and, and her grandpa is like 95, 96 years old. No, I get it. Like my and father. Gets, and gets phone yeah. calls all the time from people. And he's going a little senile and he, he's he's not, you know, as sharp as he was. And he's dealing with some dementia. And he gets phone calls all the time from people trying to get credit card numbers. No, no, that's wrong. That's a, yeah, I right. get it. I get and it. And okay. so when that's what I mean, like people see the extreme cases where it's like, hey, this person has a car they don't know what it's worth. I'm going to go take it from them. Or I'm going to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's That's what I mean. There's two sides to it. Right. So that's that, that level of extreme, I think is what some people think of when they think of, you know, what we're doing with reselling. I think you're right though, in the fact that people, because of smartphones, because of time, like we're about ready to have a garage sale. 
there are items that I have that I know if I was willing to take the time, I spent $300 on this piece of furniture. It's in good condition. I could probably sell it for that if I was willing to wait. I'm just like, I want this out of my house. I'd be willing to take $50 for this thing. Now I know on the resale market, it's probably worth $300. And if somebody wants to take the time to store it for that long and mm -hmm. to deal with, you know, finding a buyer for it, good for them. I'm willing, to me, it's worth the convenience, right? I know they're not getting one over on me when they buy something for less than its actual value, what other people would be willing to spend. Because for me, it's like, I just want it gone. And that's what most people at garage sales are doing, right? They want Agreed. stuff gone. Now, it's great when you get, find people who have that level, but man, I can't tell you how many times I go to garage sales and there are people who just, they've got three sets of Legos that are worth, you know, maybe $25 new and they want $150, right? Like, so mm -hmm. there's, you got extremes at every level and you just have to be consistent to find uh, that time when you find the person with the tote of Legos that you could sell for $300 and they're willing to take a hundred for it, mm -hmm. right? That's that's the 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 perfect like the middle level that you're kind of looking for. No, agreed, agreed. I don't, I'm, I enjoyed our conversation because I, it reminds me of this episode of American Pickers. I think early days they they came across this place. Uh, the guy was selling like these huge banners of posters. Those of you that watch American Pickers, you might remember. And I think they paid like several hundred, and like these huge banners or posters from the 40s or 50s were worth like ten thousand dollars. So they actually went back to the guy and they gave him a cut of their profit. Right. But again, that was several years ago. Right. And I, I, I don't know. I, I get it. Like if my, somebody, you know, my dad's passed away for a while now, but my dad towards the end, his faculties were all together and people could have very easily swindled him. That's that, that definitely would have upset me. Right. But if my dad had all his faculties together and he, you know, he had access to the cell phone and he could have figured things out, then, you know, if, <laughs> if Mike were to come up to him and wheel and deal him, I can't knock Mike for that because the the playing field was level. So I think that's, that's a good way to approach it because ultimately, you know, I don't know. The, to me, the ROI is greater in giving and being kind and, you know, being a part of a community than just being greedy and just taking money. Yeah. And I think even though the story of the Legos like was just kind of something I interesting. We went into a huge like far off trail here. Yeah. You know, I mean, because I, I just thought it was funny. Like the second, like, it was back-to-back -back houses, you know, and just yeah. such a, a, a vast Tale difference. Tale of two Legos. Yeah, Tale of two Legos. Um, but, you know, I mean, it does raise the question of, like, you know, where are, where where's the ethical lines for you? Like, what do you realize? Like, okay, like, this is what's appropriate. This is what's not appropriate. And, you know, not crossing those lines. Because, you know, I've heard of, you, maybe it was even Gary Vee who made a comment or somebody who was on Gary Vee's podcast one time. And it was something to the effect of like buying stuff at one store and then going and returning it at another store because the prices were higher, you know? And so like you hear things yeah. like that and it's like, okay, like where do you draw the line? That's of like, muddy. This is, this is starting to get unethical, right? Because yeah. now like you're, you're defrauding people. And, and so just because there's money to be made somewhere doesn't mean you should always take it. Um, you, you, you need to, you know, conduct yourself in a way that is going to make you a decent citizen, you know, to the people around you. And I think ultimately that pays off. Like you said, like you make connections, you, you, people know who you are and you've mentioned before, like how many connections you have where somebody's willing to negotiate with you and you don't always go as low as you possibly could go mm -hmm. because it's worth it for them to know that like, Hey, you've got this long-term connection, um, you know, and, and you're not just trying to swindle and, and, you know, get the best of them. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. 
I think we're all we're all agreed. Yeah. So I think our listeners are all agreed. It's good stuff. Man. If you're not, let us know in the comments. We always want to hear. Yeah. If you're a vicious reseller, let us know. <laughs> hey, um, so speaking of our listeners and reselling, so my story is a little bit I think I shared this a little bit on the podcast, but uh or maybe I didn't. Uh selling on Instagram. Have you sold any items on Instagram? No, but Facebook Marketplace all the time. Oh, no, okay. Yeah, I talked about this, but I don't know what it is, but lately it seems I'm getting a lot more people contacting me like, hey, Rolando, I saw you source that. What are you going to do with it? I like it. I want to buy it. So like the Pure Hustle Podcast, Instagram. Yeah. Hmm. Which has been it. Have I told you this? I mean, so, you mentioned it. Yeah, but it's been happening more lately, which I don't know. It makes me feel good. And this is why. Number one, you know, it's you always want to when you sell, I, at least for me, I love it when I can sell something that means something to someone. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, I've, I've had a few items that people have contacted me directly. And I will tell you, though, if you do contact us, we're not going to give you like a discount. Right. Because we're, we're still trying to make money and it's still a business to us. But yeah, look it up. It's on eBay. <laughs> well, I know. Well, that's what I but, I, you know, for me, it's like, hey. If there's something you like and there's something that, you know, you really are interested in, like definitely, you know, contact us and, and we can make a deal. But it's been interesting to me because it made me think about eBay and Amazon and everything where, you know, it would be really hard to just sell on Instagram. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think sometimes we forget about like how eBay, you know, eBay with the issues we deal with sometimes or Amazon or Posh, like the marketing and, you know, the network and the worldwide ability and all these things that are tied into it, you know, definitely make this happen for us. Right. But then when you get those uh, the ability to sell on Instagram, it's really nice. So it's been good. So, hey, I just throw that out there for two reasons. Hey, number one, if you see anything Mike and I pick up and you're interested, let us know. I mean, you know, I don't mind. I, I'd rather have it go to someone that, you know, follows us and listens to the podcast and, and you know, actually cares about the item. You know what I mean? Like, So I do have a question. Though. So yeah. does, does Instagram you want to know the process? take a fee? No. Okay. So then the question would be, you say you're not giving it at a discount, but like you could basically go 10% discount, right? <laughs> no, you could. I, I'm not saying no. The, the items I've sold, I haven't like full bore eBay price. Well, like, I, it's been a it's been a fair price. Yeah, and, and well, and what I'm saying too is is that might be one of the benefits of buying from somebody off of Instagram is say like, okay, we can go without that fee, that eBay fee, or that Poshmark fee. So there's a little bit more wiggle room as far as pricing goes. No, no, it's it's been nice. I mean, it's it's been simple, you know, and it's it's really easy. You know, you do shipping off a of pirate ship, which you can create a single label. So that's how I've been doing it when I've been selling on Instagram. Uh, and, uh, right. Cause I don't think pirate ship takes a cut no, as well, far as I know. And, and the crazy thing is with like pirate ship, it's like, just think of, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that I was listening to podcasts. I even feel like a few weeks ago and you're still hearing people yeah. talk about like stamps.com, right? Like yeah, stamps.com stamps and I'm sure it's a great program, but you know, when you can have access to something that's free and basically does the same thing. Yeah. And, and, and better. what's been nice is that when you create the label on pirate ship, like you can set up like different, different, like, so we have our Pirato podcast. I have my eBay store on there. Like we have different ways to ship things out to people. And then I could send tracking right away. So it's been nice. And then people, you know, can pay via 
PayPal or Venmo or whatever way they want. But uh, it's just been awesome because, again, we always, always talk about this. And we haven't talked about this much in the podcast lately is that we're basically personal shoppers. Right. We find things for people that they couldn't normally find. Right. And so, you know, uh, the, the items that I've sold on Instagram have been things that were pretty unique. And unless that person had been searching for like a year or two and gone to multiple thrift stores and garage sales, they might not have found those items. So anyways, just wanted to share that. That's good. Or might not have found it even if they like sometimes you're not looking for something and you don't know you want it until you have it. You know what I'm saying? Until okay. you see it. So, okay. so it could even be too, like, because they saw it on Instagram, it's like, that would be amazing. What's the chances I'd get it? But if they were looking for it on eBay, they probably would have found it. But like, you might not know. So that, that's one of the benefits too, of posting things on Instagram. Cause I see a lot of people that do, right? Yeah. I struggle unique, with that though. If you've got unique items though, that people might not realize like, Hey, I didn't know like, that I wanted that, but you know, I want to know. It, I do want that. If if you have a chance and you sell, like, because I see a lot of people post stuff on Instagram for sale, and we haven't done it, and I don't think we ever will, because we're about, you know, our main thing is we want to share knowledge through the Instagram and through the podcast. But if you make sales of Instagram, I'm interested because I see a lot of people do it, and I just wonder if it converts to sales. Obviously, it does if they're consistently doing it. You know what I'm saying? Mm. That's interesting. So, all right. Good stuff. That's good stuff. Hey, so before we move on, if you haven't had a chance yet and you're watching us on YouTube and you haven't subscribed, hit that subscribe button, that notification button. If you're listening to us to the podcast, jump on over to YouTube. Uh, if you're on the podcast and you haven't subscribed to the podcast, hit that subscribe and hey, reviews. Where are we at? Do you know where we're at? Uh, uh, on iTunes. I think we're over 100. So that's awesome. We are at 108 reviews. Thank you guys. Thank so you guys. Much. It means we a really lot. And, and again, these reviews are awesome. Like they're just so kind. Like I'm like, okay, that was wow. Like I'm going to sleep really well. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of the reasons we keep doing what we're doing. Right. Can I read this one real quick? This is the last line. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> Do you see it? Uh, I'm sharing. If you're listening to the podcast, I'm sharing Mike the review. Nice. Okay. So <laughs> I just want to read the last line. Go for it. They said, these are your new brothers from a different mother watching out for you. There we go. Nice. I, I'll take that. Like, that's awesome. It's like we're family now. It's like we're family. So anyways, hey, if you haven't chance, you know, writing a review, it definitely helps because it, it puts us higher in the podcast, I guess, algorithm. Uh, and if you haven't had a chance on Instagram, we are Pure Soul Podcast. And so please follow us there. We're always dropping knowledge. Some of the knowledge we drop there doesn't end up on the podcast. And sometimes we have announcements. We have a lot going on, uh, especially with eBay Open. We're going to be doing a lot of social media, a lot of podcasting uh, from eBay Open. Yeah, And if you're listening to us and you're not on Instagram following us, um, we're doing like T-shirt giveaways like crazy oh, that's right. right now. Totally so, about that. so um, you know, there's some of you because... I don't even think I really had an Instagram until we started this podcast. I didn't. So I'm I'm assuming there's probably a handful of our listeners that also are just like, mm. meh, Instagram, right? I'm telling you, even like follow us, that'd be great. But there are so many amazing resellers out there mm -hmm. putting out content, just Agreed. showing amazing stuff. So, um, you know, come on over to Instagram, give us a follow, see some of the people that we're following and that are commenting on our stuff. And you will be connected to a group of people, a community that is just, it's amazing. It, it will help you learn so much. Even if you think you know a bunch, even if you know an insane amount, like you will learn so much more. So I would say jump on Instagram, give us a follow and uh, and be amazing. Yep. And we're also on Twitter and our Twitter, we, a lot of good conversations are happening on Twitter. So we're PRSLcast on Twitter. 
And we're on Facebook, Purest of Podcast. And I think that's pretty much it. And for the last one, uh, on under below in the comment section, well, above the comment section, uh, if you want to say thank you in a monetary way, hey, we're always open to that. There's a PayPal link. Thank you to all of you that have helped us out and continue to help us out. Really appreciate it. Uh, there's a lot happening with the podcast. And so I, I think we'll, we'll share more next week. Darren, yeah, yeah let's do that. <laughs> let's do that, buddy. Hey, by the way, though, we do have another podcast dropping this week. Yeah, Sunday. Sun Ooh, is it Sunday? I thought it was yeah. Saturday. No, drops on Sundays. Okay. I'm glad we're on the same page on this yeah. one. All right. So, I mean, that's what we advertised is that it was going to be on Sunday. So I would hope that we would, you know, stick to our word on I that. Yeah. We said the 14th, right? Yeah. And the 14th is Saturday. What? I'm just joking. It's Sunday. Oh, God. <laughs> so, hey. So, so for those of you who are keeping ahead. track. Yeah. Uh, Mike two or Londo zero. <laughs> hey, but you know what? You guys don't see the off air when I told Mike, like, hey, we're dropping on the 14th. They're like, no, I told them the 21. Remember? You said, oh, it's going to be the 21st. Hey, there's no recording of that. That so. is true. Okay, fine. Believe whatever Mike says. All right. So, so what are we, what are we doing that? What are we dropping on that Sunday? Yeah. So we've got our level up review. So um, I'm sure you guys have already heard about it. You know, if you're listening to our podcast. Uh, but we are going through the book, The Richest Man in Babylon. Uh, every other Sunday, we are going to be doing a level up review where we go through uh, maybe a whole book, maybe part of a book, uh, and kind of giving you some of the takeaways. Uh, this episode, you know, I think it was pretty good. We're kind of trying to figure out how this works best. So please listen to it. Give us your feedback. Let us know what you found helpful, what you'd maybe like to see in it. Uh, but, you know, whether or not you're a reader, I think there's something you could take from it. Uh, Richest Man in Babylon is kind of a finance book talking about like, how to how to save, how to build wealth. Uh, and I think that's something that whether or not you're a reseller is going to be useful for you. And then maybe as time goes, we'll be reading, you know, different books that, that you know, seem different, right? Maybe about philosophy, maybe about finance, maybe about, you know, all of these different things, but we'll connect it back to how do you use this to improve who you are, better yourself, better your business, uh, better your family, all of these things, because really that's what Peerless Podcast is about, right? Mm -hmm. Like Agreed. it's 99% reselling and 100% being a real person, right? And that involves, you know, growth. So, And you'll also get to see a different side of Mike and Orlando on that podcast. Oh man, we fought. <laughs> I don't know if we fought. I it got know. a little intense. It got heated. Uh, like, it, we'll it we'll see what heated. happens. Yeah. So if you want to hear, if you want to hear Mike and Orlando uh, get a little bit upset. If you want to hear Mike just straight out, just like call me out. That's the podcast. Yeah. I might've been, I might've been a little too intense. It's all so. good. Remember they called you angry Mike at some point. Do you yeah. remember that point in time? Yeah. Okay. Anyways. All right. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. Hey, let's get to current topics. There's a lot going on. Well, there's a lot going on, but there's not a lot of going on. So Prime Day is happening, but let's talk about, okay, so we all know what Prime Day is. I don't know how you cannot know what Prime Day is, right? I've seen Prime Day advertising everywhere. Do you find that to be true? Um, I don't watch TV. I don't have TV, but okay. I do subscribe to CBS um, All Access because uh, there's a couple of shows on there that we watch. And so we have the subscription that has commercials. And we recently started watching a couple shows and sure enough, I'd say like every fourth commercial is about Prime Day. So I don't even watch things with commercials and I'm seeing commercials. I know. Work. So every Amazon package on the tape, it says the date to Prime Day, July 15, 16. Every like, yeah, I watch like YouTube with my kids. It's on there. 
I went to watch Spider-Man the other day and it was like before the previews. Like, <laughs> like whoever's on their marketing team is everywhere. They're trying to turn it into a holiday. Like, yeah, it has so. Prime Day's coming. I know. It's it's a big deal. Now, here's the other interesting thing. Do you know what eBay's doing to counter Prime Day? eBay Day. No, it's it's Amazon. It's a crash day. Crash day. Yeah. So remember how Amazon crashed last year on Prime Day? So they're counting on that if Amazon crashes, they are offering discounts for Amazon crashing. I'm serious. It's true. And it, it's, it's kind of funny. It's kind of it, messed up. Well, yeah, but it's a it's a great story. Because but I feel like Amazon, I, I almost feel like that's a safe bet for eBay. Like they get some publicity from it because that's a funny story. Whoever thought of that, like you're a genius. That's great. But the chances, I mean, I don't know. I could be wrong, but I feel like Amazon crashing last Prime Day was probably the talk of the business for a long time. And I bet you they have spent so much money and put so many resources into making sure that that does not happen again. Especially if they're advertising this hard, you better believe they bought extra servers just to turn on for Prime Day. No, I agree. I agree. So here's what's funny. One of the news stories that cracked me up is they surveyed employees at the two places. So this is on CNET.com. And they said, Amazon will crash on Prime Day. 60% of surveyed eBay employees say, according to the blind app. A little biased. Okay. And then it said, so said 29% of Amazon employees. I'm like, who are these people? But here's the thing. I do believe that day, I think what's happening is, you know, when I, I forget the quote. I don't have a quote of the week, but you know, something rises, all ships rise at the same time. I yeah. Forget. Rising tide. Okay. Rising tide raises all ships, mm -hmm. right? That was terrible of me. Okay. I think the same thing may be true now, like with Amazon Prime Day. Like let's say, so eBay is offering discounts. Target's offering discounts. Walmart is offering discounts on that day. Oh yeah. I mean, on, I mean, here's the bad part with Prime Day. I would, I mean, it's, it's a good idea for Amazon to build a bunch of people there. But if they create another Black Friday, then every other retail business is going to jump on it and they're just going to create another Black Friday, right? Where people want to shop. And if every single, if every single online e-commerce business is offering discounts and Amazon is the only one advertising for it, like big yeah. time pushing yeah. it, um, you know, that's, that's a big deal. But that, so what I'm going to say is, and I could be wrong completely because I know I'm wrong a lot on the podcast. Thank you for letting me know. But I really think like you may have an uptick in eBay sales that day, right? Because, you know, if more people are just like, hey, let's go shopping, right? And I get it. It's not going to be new items like an Amazon. And let's say it does crash. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things like, you know, we talked about loss leaders and how Black Friday Target doesn't really care about losing money on those like special discount items. Mm -hmm. They want the other items that you picked up. Right. That may happen. Right. I don't know. Cause some people have told me like, we don't make any more money on prime day than any, any other day. Some other people have told me, Oh yeah, Orlando, it's weird, but like we don't even do lightning deals or any of that, but our, we have a huge like swell in sales and I do too on prime day. So I don't know. It's just something to think about because maybe this is black Friday part two. Yeah. It's just, I mean, how many more? How many more shopping days? How many more shopping holidays do we need hey. as a culture? Like, buy. I mean, it's great if you're if you're able to you know profit off of it, but man, like, really, like, let's buy more stuff. 
But we if need the, another day to buy more. But stuff. if the economy continues to boom, like it's gonna happen. But I mean, it's gonna happen. But realistically, going back to and you've got to listen to the episode that's gonna drop on Sunday. Um, you know, should you spend it, or as the economy's booming, is that the time that people should be putting money away and saving? Yeah, no, I agree. But you build that capital to buy stuff to sell when things if you're are prime. a reseller. But if you're if you're just a no, if you're this just is a reseller average, podcast. What's well, a reseller? I'm just mean like as a culture though. It just amazes me that like. You know, we need another excuse to go crazy shopping. I'm all good with that. Hey. And you know, they made it like not as far away, but pretty much as far away from Christmas as they can to like, you know. Yeah, like- it's right in the middle. <laughs> it's like middle of the, it literally is the middle of the year. Genius. I, I think it's genius. So if you haven't had a chance, I still think you can send in stuff to Amazon uh, FBA and it'll still sell. Like I really, even though when this drops, it's going to be, what is it? What's today? July 9th. It's going to be July 10. So you might have five days, but I do find stuff that I send to California, like checks in within a couple of days and you know, eBay, you can list until the night before and your items will be up. So just, just something to think about. So along with that, I don't know what it is, but the, I, the news, like literally you can Google store closing, closing with an S not clothing. And there was always new stories about store closing. And the latest one was from Yahoo. And it was talking about like, not that there was a store apocalypse, but that there's so many more closures happening. And I posted, the reason I want to bring this up, I posted this on Instagram and I said, Hey, there's more opportunity. Now's the time. Yeah. And that was, that was maybe a little insensitive. Now, but but I cleared it up though. You cleared it up. And I think, and I'll jump in on that because I think that you have to look at it from both sides and recognize that, that there's going to be passions and 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 enthusiasm on both sides of the argument and it's true nobody wants to see anybody lose their job agree right like 100%, nobody nobody 100%. wants to see nobody wants to see employees losing their job nobody wants to see small mom and pop owners losing losing you know businesses but realistically we also have to recognize that in in the market economy that we have that there's going to be changes and there's always changes and, and when you look back like it's hard to look back and like feel bad for you know blockbuster Right. Or to feel bad for, you know, companies where it's like you, you could have looked at that and said, like, man, when Netflix came out and it destroyed Blockbuster, it was the end of like the movie industry. But but what really happened is it made it more easier for people to get movies. It was actually better for the mass majority of people. And it brought more money into the movie industry and to more people got employed. So for every handful of people that end up losing their jobs through it, and it is tragic, right? Like it's terrible mm-hmm. when that happens. But also the economy rises and more people are employed and it just the everything shifts. And so one of the things I think when businesses like that close, part of it is not being able to keep up with changing times and you have to be able to adapt and change and move um, with the changing times. And, you know, some, some businesses just by the very nature of their business can't other businesses have to change their whole model of doing things. Uh, But just because, mom and pop stores are closing and just because even big stores like Toys R Us close doesn't mean that there's fewer jobs in the market. It doesn't mean that the total amount of money that households are making is less. In fact, it typically goes up. And not only does that the the average income raise across the board, but things get cheaper, right? Because businesses, Amazon can get in bulk what a mom and pop shop can't. And so you are able to your money now has more buying power. You can buy more things with it. So it's is it tragic? Yes, but but it also it's just an evolving 
evolving machine. But I, I think this article had it right. So this is from Yahoo Finance. Store closures coming in 2019, but don't call it a retail apocalypse because obviously e-commerce. But they said it's digital retailers have exposed how poorly. Thank you, Mike. Mike just moved the microphone so you can hear me better have exposed how poorly many brick and mortar chains are run, forcing a number of them to close stores to even go bankrupt. That's not happening because consumers have chosen digital over physical. Instead, shoppers have choice and they can now more easily opt out of shopping of brick and mortar chains that do a bad job. It's exactly what you said. And I agree. It's the fact that these store closures, we we can, you know, we can blame Amazon and we can blame e-commerce, but ultimately it's, again, I keep saying this, the playing field is level. Like the, the cell phone, the smartphone has changed it because I can go inside a Toys R Us or I could have gone to any store. And if I find something cheaper on my phone, I'm not going to buy from them. Right. And so ultimately it's not, I don't believe it's wrong to go like, Hey, these stores are closed now. There's a humanity behind it, which we just talked about. Like, I feel terrible for all those people. I had close friends that have lost jobs from store closures, but you know, the fact is they're going to close anyways. And so it does two things. It reflects number one on the opportunities that are available to all of us as resellers, right? Showing that now people are more going to the digital landscape to buy. And it also provides a sourcing opportunity. So I don't know. I just, it's one of the things that I'm like, okay, this is good. Like in the sense that people are going to have to up their game if they want to maintain their businesses. And we're all going to have to maintain our game to continue our e-commerce. And it's the changing market. I mean, the obviously the the easy ones to look at. It's like groceries, right? Like when you're when you live in a town where there's a small small grocery store and it's the only grocery store in the town, um, they oftentimes have really high prices. And it's not because they're just trying to gouge people, but they can only their buying power is less. They can only buy so many items at a time. They can only it costs just as much. Yeah, to, I don't. I don't know. I I'll, I have a personal example of that. Well, okay. I mean, in my town, you know, the town where I'm at, like yeah, there's there only, was one store that dominated. And they literally had double the prices. And when big box showed up, it wasn't even a big box. A chain store showed up. That store's gone. Yeah. No. And, and that's exactly. And that's that's what I'm saying is when when another company comes in, there's more competition. Yeah, it does often mean something closes, but it also means that you can get your groceries at half the price you were getting them at. Mm -hmm. Right. So so is it is it sad that that several people lost their jobs? Yes. But those yeah, people agree. now can also buy groceries for much less. And there's a new place that's, you know, so it, it just shifts and everything changes. And, and an example I have is um, when I was young, I, I kind of got into the hustle game early. Um, when I was 11 years old, I worked at a, it was like a comic book shop, but they didn't really sell very many comic books. It's mostly like sporting goods and like really unique, like baseball and basketball cards and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And the owner of the shop wanted to get into Pokemon. Right. And so he's like, I don't know anything about selling Pokemon. And he knew my mom and he's like, you've got a little kid that like loves Pokemon. So how about he helps me on Saturdays, like sell Pokemon cards. And, Interesting. Right. And so I I did that for a long time for like probably a whole year. I helped him sell Pokemon cards on Saturdays and Sundays at his store. And his store year after year after year was getting fewer and fewer customers, fewer and fewer sales. And it was going under and, you know, it's a mom and pop shop and you feel bad for the guy. And his daughter at the time was in college and was like, dad all of these really cool signed autograph cards, all this stuff, let me open up an eBay store for you. Saved his business. Now, 75% nice. of his sales, he still has his storefront. He still sells. He does all kinds of stuff now uh, there that's that's awesome. He, like, In fact, the games have increased. Now he has like tournaments and stuff there for different games. 
but 75% of his income is coming from eBay store. That's awesome. Right. So you just have to be willing to evolve and, and some, some companies can't and some do. And, and so, yeah, we just want to make sure that none of our listeners think that like, we're like our hearts don't break for people who are hurting. Right? No, like they, they do. do. Like I'll, and I'll say this, I, at Toys R Us, it was sad for me because the local Toys R Us, I knew those people, like I would see them, you know, constantly, especially in Q4 and develop friendships with people. And, and then when they, you know, it's, it's sad because one person I know, they, <laughs> it's so terrible that it's happened. They had to, they had to leave his Toys R Us closed and then went to an office depot and then the office depot closed. And it's just one of those things. It's a reality. It's a humanity. So I, I think, I think we were pretty clear about yeah, that. Good. So. All right, this is this is a crazy thing here. Amazon, so there's a lower court ruling, doesn't mean much, but if it goes Supreme Court, it might. Where now Amazon could be held liable for a third party product that injures somebody or something happens with it. So Amazon would be or the third party seller? No, the no Amazon would be. So before, I think mainly it would be the person selling it. So what happened was somebody had a dog leash and the dog leash broke and it's smacked the person in the, you know, in the face and they became permanently blind in their left eye. And it was, a, it was an FBA seller. So then the court ruled at Amazon. So the only reason I want to bring this up is a few things to be aware about. Number one, I, you know, I'm not selling anything. I'm not recommending just something to think about, you know, there are, there is some reseller insurance out there and it may be time, right? I know Amazon requires you to have it. They don't check on you, but they do require it. So, and I know in, in a future podcast, like way down the road, uh, there's, there's someone we'll bring on board for an interview that does something with reselling insurance. The other part of it is, and I see this all the time, and some of you may disagree. I'm always super careful about what I send into Amazon. Yeah, but I, I think you're right to be cautious about certain items, right? Like you're careful about not sending, you know, health products. You're careful about not sending baby products, things like that. But you know, I don't think I would have thought twice about a dog leash. No, no, neither have I. And here's the thing. I had like 20 dog leashes. I got at a garage sale. I made, I paid, I think like $10 for a box. I sold each of them for like 30 to $40 each. But I was scared. Number one, I was scared because a few years ago, I had an, um, an intellectual property claim mm -hmm. against it. The person, the company actually bought the dog leash that I had on FBA, claimed it was fake. And I ended up in this whole fiasco with it. The other part of it was... What if that dog leash, like something happens to the dog? Because, right, I mean, it's, you know, dogs are, you know, pets are important, right? And so I sent them in grudgingly. They all sold and I made a profit. But, yeah, just, just got to be careful. I'm, I know some of you sell, like, shampoo and you do, you know, facial creaming, do all this. I just, you know, just something to be careful about because I think about hair. Like, hair is a big deal to people. If you send in something that ruins somebody, somebody's hair, they might come after you. So I don't know. Okay. I could see that. Think we covered enough on that one? That's good. All right. Hey, have you have you been sending? Oh, that's right. You have your, your UPS connection. But I just want to share this. I shared this on Instagram. I'm not sure what's happening, but, and we shared this in our podcast with the ship tips part mm -hmm. two, I think. Right. Where like, do you have every, well, you do UPS mainly, right? Anything big? You, you don't do any FedEx? No. Okay. So I will say for me from now on, I don't do any UPS as far as my choices. I go FedEx because once you go UPS, you can't get out of it. 
And for me, UPS is not offering a discount through the eBay store. But if you do paypal.com slash shipping and you sign up, you get a discount from UPS. It's a big deal. I just sent a, a pair of speakers for $160 from here to Rhode Island. It cost me $160 and I did lose $66 in shipping. I shared that in an IG story a little bit ago. But I would have been paying $200 if it wasn't for that discount. So just something to think about on that one. Got a question for you. Is local pickup worth it to you? Like, do you ever get messages on eBay? Like, hey, are you willing to sell this locally? No, I actually, I've never gotten that on really, eBay. Really? Not once? Never on eBay. Um, okay. And I saw your Instagram story on it. Um, I love the local game on other things, for sure. Okay. Like, but typically, if it's something... Do you find you're losing time, though, when you do a local game? No, because I only do local on items that that it's worth it, right? Okay. So um, if it's an item, it's a big item. I know it's going to cost a lot to ship, but I know there's like two or $300 profit margin in it okay. for me. I'm going to do it, right? Like I bought a refrigerator, like a little mini fridge. Um, that was kind of cool uh, a while back for super cheap. And I sold it for quite a bit of money. And that was one of those things where it was like worth it, local pickup. I'm never going to ship that. I probably could have, but... I do, I did on a Bob stroller, I did local pickup, right? Not on eBay, but you know, whether it's Facebook marketplace or Craigslist or offer up. Uh, so for me, if I'm posting it on eBay, I've already in my mind decided it's probably not worth the hassle of my time to sell it local. Okay. Cause if I, if it was, if it was going to be difficult to ship or, um, there was a big enough profit margin and I didn't want to deal with eBay fees or whatever it was, um, I probably would have already posted it local. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm finding lately I've had a f I've had a couple of local sales that were good via eBay, but I'm finding that lately my anything local, like, and again, if you do anything on eBay, it must stay on eBay. So if somebody says, Hey, I want to do a local pickup instead of doing the shipping, that's fine, but they have to buy it. They have to do the transaction has to go through yeah, eBay. I, I'll give you an example. I, I, lied earlier i totally forgot you lied yeah well oh, not man. intentionally um a couple of weeks That's ago not, I, I don't think you call that a lie yeah, i was i was misspoke incorrectly um a couple of weeks ago somebody did message me and say hey i'm in the san diego area is this item on craigslist through the ebay message Ooh, you gotta be super careful Mike. yeah because you can't answer like i'm not gonna say like yeah buy it on I'm, i would never do that on the ebay platform i never do that to ebay because then you're using ebay to sell locally and not give eBay their cut, right? And eBay will, they will suspend. Well, yeah, and a, it's a as, big they, deal. as they should, because you're, like we've mentioned, is the, the service they're providing is they're reaching, you know, a wide audience or doing all these things. They deserve their cut that we have agreed to say like, you know, I'm going to list this on your, your platform and if it sells, you deserve this much of it. So if you're going around that, yeah. Now, if it sells on Craigslist on its own, well, that's fine because... Craigslist did the work on it. Agree. It's like the Instagram sales. So all those Instagram sales I've had have been before I ever listed the item. If I had it listed, I I, I don't know if I No, I I think that's fine because it's they found it on Instagram. Now if they found it on eBay and asked if they could buy it Correct. another way. That's what I'm trying to say. So, but yeah. if they found it on Instagram, then eBay wasn't the one that did the work <clears throat> to connect you with that buyer. Agreed. So if eBay does the work to connect you with the buyer, I say they deserve their cut. If another platform connected you with that buyer, then they get their cut or no cut if it's a platform that doesn't take one like Craigslist. Mm -hmm. So anyways, I just, just for me, it's like, I don't know if I'm going to do any more how, local pickup. How would you answer that? Which one? 
if uh, somebody said, is this on Craigslist? I wouldn't. Would you? I wouldn't even answer it. You just leave it? I would just mark as answered and that's it. I wouldn't touch it. Or you could say, no, you could. You could answer it. You could say, no, you could say, well, it's listed here on eBay because I'm planning on selling on eBay and just see what they say. Now, would eBay, and and again, I'm not trying to like. I'm being a little sarcastic. Like I would ignore it. I, I probably would reply, but I would steer clear of giving any insinuation that it's going to be said. That it's listed somewhere yeah, else. Yeah. Um, I mean, for instance, Cra- Craigslist Center actually had a video on this. I don't know if you saw it. It was like a year ago. He actually, he got suspended. Hmm. All, all he did was there's a guy that said, hey, I want to check out an item. I want to do local pickup. And and Pete put the address on there of like, hey, yeah, come by. And then that was before the transaction went through and eBay thought that he was trying to sell outside of eBay. So are they like hawking that? Like they're looking for that? I'm sure there's some algorithm that catches things. It reminds me of um, a terrible movie, I'm sure. But uh, I think it was it 40 Year Old Virgin. Is that the movie with the eBay scene? (laughs) I don't know. I saw that like maybe 12 years ago. There's this scene and I just remember this scene and maybe we've talked about it before (laughs) where somebody was at an eBay store. It was like a, a storefront where somebody was like keeping all their eBay stuff. And they found a pair of shoes that had fish in the like high heel part of the shoe or in the in the platform part of the shoe. And the person was like, I really like these shoes. I want to buy them. And they're like, all right, well, they're on eBay. You can buy them on eBay. And, no, I want to give you the money right now. And I want to buy them right now. Like, that's not how this works. But I'm here right now with the shoes. And I want to give you money. And I want to take the shoes. And it's like, no, this is an eBay store. You have to pay on eBay. It's like this whole funny like back and forth skit. But that's kind of what that reminds me of. But in that case, it'd be within the guidelines. Right. Because unless the algorithm can like pick up voices, I think you're good. So that would be interesting. All right. Hey, I just want to share one more thing and, and move on to, by the way, we're not doing Hustles of the Week. We're not going to do Hustles of the Week? No. No sound effects either. Oh, man. But, wah, wah, but no, but wah. this is why. Now, do you know why? You know why? I know why. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to make this conversational, so I'm not talking a lot. Uh, so the reason we are not doing the hustle okay. of the week today is because uh, we are going to be moving it to our other Wednesday episode, right? So if you our kind themed of, episode. Yeah, if you kind of follow along with us, we kind of have this what we call the update episode, where we do the big the bolos, what's going on in the world of reselling, catching up, um, some you know our crazy stories, and then the next week we have the themed episode, which is you know a little bit more specific, whether it's about shipping or whether it's about Q4 or whether it's about sourcing, like a little bit more uh, focused. Uh, we decided to move Hustle of the Week there um, just to uh, kind of even out the amount of time that we're spending on each episode uh, and, you know, kind of spread the love as far as that goes. Uh, and, and also, you know, because sometimes those themed episodes are a little bit more applicable to some people rather than others. So we want to give you something you could still listen to, even if you're like, oh, I don't do Poshmark and that's a Poshmark episode. At least you can tune in and still listen to, you know, Hustle of the Week. Awesome. Hustle of the week. So there we go. All right. So, hey. So anyways, appreciate it. So again, we're doing two episodes a week. And, and one of the reasons why is so we can share more information. Okay. So I got a question for you. So let's say you sell an item. Okay. That's always good. And it's gone. You can't find it. What do you do? Um, reevaluate my career choice. Okay. Well, okay. We're going to have to go to action. All right. So let's say you did everything. Let's say you... Thought about drop shipping it to the person. You can't find it anywhere. It's not something you can immediately source. So you have two options. You can A, cancel the order, or B, 
like send them a message and go, hey, I'm sorry, this is unavailable. Would you like to cancel the transaction? Okay, so with, with the situation, and maybe not like it's gone, but I, I did have, and I mentioned back early episode, the very first Poshmark sale we ever had was a backpack. Oh, yeah, and I remember that. It was a brand new backpack, and when we took it out of the tote that it was in, the handle strap was broken. Now, it was must have been broken when we bought it from the store because we bought like six backpacks at one time, and we just didn't notice, and it was like, oh, my goodness, right? Like, this is broken. Like, it's our first sale, and so we messaged the person. We're like, we are so sorry. Like, this handle strap is broken. Um, you know, we're going to go ahead and cancel this item, uh, or, you know, like, if you still want it, we'll give you discounted price, but, like, we're really, really sorry about this. And the person was fine with it. And we've had a couple of things, um, a, a pair of ski boots uh, sold. And when I took them down from the rafters, they were cracked, like just oh, shattered. So yeah. it just happened over storage. Like they must've been ready to crack and a couple of heat and cold cycles did it. And so I had to message the person and say like, uh, these shoes are no longer safe. I'm sorry. Right. But so, let's say that person doesn't get back to you. Ooh, they don't get back. Like, to me. like you, like it's been 24 hours. What are you going to do? I would send the message. I'd send a couple of messages and then. I think I'd cancel the order and refund them. If I, I think that's probably what I would do. Okay, let's say how long how long are you willing to wait for that person to get back to you? Probably a couple of days. Okay. So I just want to share my experiences with this. <laughs> I don't know why, but this has happened three times in the last two months. Yes, I do have an inventory system if you're wondering, okay? Sorry if I insulted you by saying you should uh, reevaluate your no, career no, no, choice. No, 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 It has nothing to do with that. It's just, I don't know what happened. I don't know. I, I swore that like this item was in stock and I looked and it's gone. So there's, and we'll talk about this more. We actually have our next theme episode is dealing with customer issues. But I wanted to share this now just to be helpful. So this last case, this last time, what I noticed is it's a big, it's a bigger ding if you do cancel transaction because it gives you a defect mark. If you do late shipment, it's a lesser ding, right? So, I, and it depends how many sales you have. So they break down the percentages. But what I've been the last two three times I did this, the first time I messaged the person, I messaged the person, I messaged the person, never heard back from them. So I had no choice but to cancel. The second time I messaged the person. Person got back to me right away, canceled, easy. And you always, you don't just say, hey, I need to cancel. You ask them, would you like to cancel this? So then when you hit the little drop down menu, you can hit buyer requested to cancel the order. So it doesn't, you know, go against your metrics. The third time I waited and I waited and I waited and I looked at the metrics and I said, you know what? If this person, you know, doesn't get back to me for a while and, and it shows late shipment, it's all good. Because even if I get that late shipment thing, I can get several of those before I lose my top rated seller with the canceled order. It's probably like less than half of those and I'm going to end up losing TRS. So just something to think about. It's better to get that late shipment because eventually, right? If the person does get back to you, you cancel it. There is no late shipment. Do you get what I'm saying? So it's better to be patient and wait. I know it sucks because you know, and it just, you're just, you know, tense and you want it to be over with. And, and sometimes, you know, I know for me, I go, I wonder if the algorithm isn't providing sales because I have this item I haven't shipped out yet. <laughs> you laugh. I'm telling you, I think the, the algorithm is real. I think it looks at all that. So anyways, just wanted to share that. Yeah. I, Cause I can't imagine 
Like I could see that being like like individual seller, like you know, messing up on an item. But like, there's no way like a major corporation would be able to do that with a lot of items, right? Oh yeah. When I do you you know Reebok? Just about Reebok. I think they have like over ten thousand negative feedbacks. <laughs> like it's, you know, I want to look it up right now, but it was. But that's not going to affect them at all. No, and and but they but they, it would destroy. But they did us. it in a back way. And they're getting away with it. Well, of course, as far as I know for right now. But do you know how what they're doing? Like they're just refunding you on PayPal. Yeah, they're not even like canceling the transaction, which is which is kind of crazy to me because I'm like, if that was you know us, like we'd be in a lot, we'd be done, we'd be banned from eBay for life. But at the same time, I get it. Yeah, do you get what I'm saying? Like I can't, I can't diss. You know, Reebok provides a lot of money. Yeah. And, you know, I get it. If I was running eBay, I'd do the same. I'd try to help one of my major suppliers too. So, yeah, you've got to help them out. I just think, I just think what would have been nice would have been like a public statement, like, right? Like, we're going to refund these. There was a glitch in our system or something went wrong, or maybe, maybe it was eBay's fault. I, it doesn't seem like it. It seems like it was some on the Reebok side. Maybe they could say like, sorry, we had a, an employee go crazy, right? Like whatever it was, like, I think they should have, instead of just giving you the refund, there should have been an apology. Like we can't sell this to you at this price. Here's a 10% off coupon for, you know, in store, like we're really sorry. Like even just a sorry, cause I, I, I know there's people who are like, you know, sorry, doesn't fix, you know, a problem, but at the same time, like we all kind of knew going into it, anybody who bought a bunch of, of the shoes when they were on um, ridiculous low prices that, that this was possibly just too good to be true. I think I bought like 500 pairs. Yeah. So the, the reality is though, to leave a negative feedback as if like, you know, everybody knew what was going on. My favorite right? ones like, were like discrimination or like, you know, stuff like that. It's like, yeah, like, I, I think, I think it just a, a nice, like, we're really sorry. Just even if it was just like one big public one, right? Like they release like a little thing, like, oh my goodness, like we make mistakes too, right? Like one of my favorite things is what was like the Wells Fargo commercials that came out recently that were like a huge apology commercial. And I, you know, I, I kind of I, just hearing that made me think like, wow, like what? It, I mean, it's it's a marketing stunt, you know, for them to do yeah. that. But the whole like, we lost your trust. Like we've we've built trust with you. We've been known as a company that has has. has you know, trustworthy, and we lost yeah, that but, trust. But this is and now we want to build it back. But this is Reebok. It's not Nike. It's not like it's Reebok. Yeah, but still, like it, it, you're you're telling me you wouldn't have been happy with at least like an email, like saying like sorry, like this was a mess up. No, like, I I I came into it going, this is probably all going to get canceled. Like, there's just no way because I just think like for me, like I would have had to have reached out to the customer and said like I'm so sorry, this was marked. Well, we have no options. You know what I'm saying? Like, again, I keep saying the backdoor way that they did this, like, obviously you got away with it because they're a Reebok. Well, which is, and again, I think there's something to be said for, I understand that. Yeah, I do I just too. Think, I just think that the other end of the spectrum is they could have at least said sorry. Agreed. No, you're right. You just want an apology. Yeah, not even so much that like that that makes things right because I don't even think anything was that wrong in the first place. Where it got wrong was, like you said, doing it doing the refund and not saying sorry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. No, that's I, where I, I feel like it was like, uh, now it's getting a little. I get it. I get it. All right. Hey, we got to do some bolos here. Bolo? Bolos. All right. So, what? I got my bolo right here on this on this paper right here. So, what is your bolo? Sorry, I read mine. So, 
we recently had a holiday here in the States okay. uh, known as Independence Day. Okay. Uh, some people call it Fourth of July. Um, and it's interesting because just a couple of days ago, um, right after that, I sold an item that I've had for a little while um, for full price. And I was kind of like, it, it took me a second to put two and two together of why it sold, but I had a patriotic, I guess, like a history-based board game. And it was all about like the founding of America. Okay. Right. And it just got me thinking like, oh, of course that would sell on 4th of July, right? Like this is like, if it sold any other time of the year, I'd kind of be like, hmm, I wonder, wonder who bought this, right? But I didn't even think about that when I bought it. I wasn't like, this is going to sell 4th of July. I just thought like, oh, it's got some decent comps. Yeah. So my bolo is, I never think about 4th of July. I never think of Independence Day. I never think of like the holidays that aren't, you know, Christmas or maybe Halloween when you're outsourcing. But there are a lot of big days that people celebrate throughout the year. Different yeah. cultures have different true, true. days. Different. So just to think like when you're sourcing, I guess just the bolo is think of holidays, right? And I don't know of any, like off the top of my head besides- you No, know, you always get on my case about generic bolos. I, I do, but this one, okay, so the, the exact bolo is look out for patriotic board games <laughs> near 4th of July. There you go. That is with the most specific bolo I think we've ever had. <laughs> I think you win. Hey, you wanted, you didn't there want you generic, so. There you go. But yeah, you never know, right? Like there's 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 a lot of holidays. I mean, obviously, I, I've bought some, some Easter decorations and things like that. No, I agree. There are some Christmas board games, and I don't want to kill the market because it's still a nice bolo. It's a retail one, but- there's some board games that sell very well around Christmas because it's they're a Christmas themed board game. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Okay, that's a good bolo. Can't yeah. diss you on that one. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. So there you go. So maybe maybe even think of that. Like, just, that just got me thinking of like, okay, what are the other patriotic type items that would sell near Fourth of July or you know Memorial Day or those days where people are are celebrating those things? So you know, is that the time to maybe buy, you know? Uh, if you can find full flag suits, right? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. the things that wouldn't, you might not normally pick up and go, wait a minute, there's a time of the year where this is a thing. It's good. Bolo. I'm a little concerned about mine now because mine is kind of <laughs> generic. generic. Yeah. Well, so sometimes I provide generic because it's helpful to the generic. Sometimes I provide generic because I don't have all the answers. So for instance, Mine is, and I shared this, I think this was like our first bolo ever I shared on the podcast was unique sport-themed items. Remember sharing that? You've shared this one a few times. Okay, but because it continues to be true in different venues. Okay, so what I will say is do your research first of all, but unique sport-themed items, even if they are worn or damaged, Possibly. <laughs> so I'll give you an example. So sometimes what I've sold lately, I've been able to sell like these sports themed like leather jackets, like let's say from the 80s and 90s. And they're not like starter. They're not like these big name brands, but they're kind of cool looking. They're kind of unique. And again, I, I'm not a fan of just like, hey, something looks cool. Pick it up. But what I've done is I research comps and sometimes I'll find comps. But what I end up finding out is that People will buy these items and they'll pay top dollar, not because of the brand, 
but because it's a special memory to that individual, right? So I'll give you an example of two of them. I sold the New York Giants faux leather jacket. Uh, this was like a few months ago. It wasn't starter. It wasn't like, it wasn't any kind of name brand. And I paid $10 for it. And there was all kinds of marks on it. But it looked like from the 70s. And I paid 10 and I sold it for $100. I sold the Buffalo Bills one. Same thing, not name brand. It was leather. It's a bills really in big big letters in the back. And same thing. I think I sold that one for like 120 or something. I recently sold the Pittsburgh Penguins one in the middle of the summer. I did pay up for it. I paid $35 for it. The, the sleeves, the elastic was all stained. I had to do some cleanup because in the back they had the big Penguins logo and there's junk on it. So I got a sanitizing wipe. That's, I guess, a bolo tip. And uh, I removed, I was able to remove a ton of it. And I sold that within a week. I paid 35 and I sold it for 140 plus shipping. Nice. And right. don't don't sleep on like the minor league stuff too. Oh no, minor league stuff sells because yeah. it's harder to get. Yeah, I found I found a Under Armour minor league like shirt. And it was like, like a decorative shirt. It wasn't even like a workout shirt for, I don't remember the state or the city. But the the baseball team, the minor league baseball team, was like the biscuits, <laughs> Montgomery. It's the Montgomery yeah, yeah. biscuits, nice. right? And like I feel like you got to say it like that, like biscuits, biscuits, right? Okay. And I was like, this thing is never gonna sell. And like after a week of having it up, it sold fast, right? So now I'm like, huh, minor league. No, I sell minor league stuff all the time. It I, that's another bolo. I think we shared that bolo too. Probably. I don't know. Eventually, we're going to be recycling bolos. I hope that's not the case because there's always different stuff. Always. All right. What are you looking forward to here? Um. So this Saturday is my garage sale. Is it? Yeah. Oh, your garage sale. My garage yeah, sale. Yeah, I'm not going. Yeah, don't come. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I, I don't blame you for not coming. Uh, there's actually a couple of things that it's probably like we could put up on eBay and we're just too lazy to do it. Uh, but for the most part, it's going to be weird. I, you know, I'm just I'm looking forward to... Two things. One, getting all the junk out of my house. It's going to make the move easier. And it's been hard to like move around it because like we've had to fill all like all this is going to go to the garage sale. So it goes in the garage and it's taking up space where we usually work and pack and do inventory and all that stuff. So I'm ready to have all of that stuff out. And also, I'm kind of interested to see what it's like being on the other end of the negotiation, right? Like I want to see like have my... Does it help as my negotiation skills gone up? Are you going to be awkwardly quiet when people offer you something? Or am I just like, I've, I've, like I said at the very beginning, like if it's going in our garage sale, we're basically, because we already know. Um, so if you're, if you're a reseller. Fire you up, sale. Yeah. If you end up showing up at ours, just so you know, like everything that doesn't sell, like when people say like it's going to the Salvation Army afterwards, like hundred percent of that. Right. Okay. So one day only everything's going. So realistically, like I want to get as much money as I can possibly get. But if somebody's offering me $10, and I wanted 30 and they're walking away and I'm like, well, okay, I'll take the 10. Have you, know you thought I mean? about doing a buyout? Like posting a, an ad and just saying, hey, I'm doing a garage sale, but I'd be willing to sell all of it at one time for the right price. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, people do that. It might be worth it to you. It'll save you the hassle. And what do they do with it? And they do a garage sale? Yeah, no, they resell it. They Well, there's the, nothing worth reselling. Yeah, they go to the Swamp Me. I mean, there, there's, you, can, you can flip a lot of stuff at the Swamp Me that you can't flip on eBay and, and local, so. I don't know, just something to think about. Yeah, maybe I'll list that. It but, won't hurt that. It but yeah, hurt. so I'm, I'm just interested to see how that goes. And then maybe it'll give me a different uh, respect for the people when I go up and I do uh, some negotiation just because I'm experiencing it <laughs> from the other end. You know, It'd be so. good. 
And what about you? What are you looking forward to? Listing, listing, and listing. You're looking forward to that? Yes. Man, eBay has been on fire. And I got to tell you, I remember last update, I wanted to list about 90% of what I had. And I keep doing that. Like, I, I haven't been sourcing a lot. And I keep listing and listing and sales keep coming in. And I'm like, this is addicting. Like, I just want to keep listing and listing, listing. Maybe I need to get on that train the where it gets addicting. No, it, it is because it's weird. It's like, I feel like I'm in the matrix. Like, it's been slow. I start listing, sale, offer. Then I don't, you know, I go hang out for a little bit. You know, start listing, start listing. Another sale, another offer. Now, hasn't been like that all the time, but... Right now, my goal is 90% of my items because I do want to do some major sourcing in July of both Amazon and eBay, which is going to be hard with eBay Open coming up. But I'm good because eBay Open is going to be awesome. But I don't know. I just feel like what's helped this summer slowdown not be the summer slowdown has been just constant activity. So I'm looking forward to doing more of that. That's good. I mean, maybe it's like I've run a couple of half marathons and I hate running. Absolutely despise it. It's the worst. Um, not I, I I despise listing not as much. Like I I, I like <laughs> listing more than I like running, but I still it's not something I'm excited to do to list. But even running, like you get to a point after you've done it for four months, five times a week, and you're getting better at it. Or if you wake up and you don't run, you kind of just feel off and you're like, I could go for a run right okay, now. Okay. Walking to my car, and I'm like, I could, I could actually jog a little bit, you know, if I wanted to. <laughs> oh my goodness. So maybe, maybe if I like just did that with listing and like, you know what? I'm just gonna just power through it and I've got a marathon of listing coming up. It's so relaxing for me. I throw on some Netflix, oh, I watch a series and I'm just like listing, watching, listing, watching. It's just it's a it's a piece of cake. Yeah. It's oh, the man. pictures that I can't stand. I love taking it's, pictures. See, I can't stand it. That's why I have a helper. Isn't that weird that like there's just differences? Yeah, I know. I I, I love taking pictures and my wife doesn't and she likes listing and I don't. So that's good. Everybody's got their own thing. There you go. All right. Well, hopefully, hey, by the next time we have an update episode, we're going to be doing a huge recap on eBay Open. It's going to be amazing. Even though we'll be at eBay Open doing a daily podcast from ebay open yeah we got to make sure that we uh our, our recap isn't uh, <laughs> the same thing yeah, all isn't in one. Just the same thing yeah it needs to be different highlights reflections and, on ebay open and honestly if i mean it's it's several days that we're there and there's a lot of things going on so i i firmly believe there's going to be a lot of a lot of content that we can provide from that um you know and and we our promise to you is we won't bore you with stuff that's not important uh, if there's not enough content to make another episode, we won't. But I really Agreed. think that there's oh, yeah. going to be there's going to be a lot to talk about because um, you know we didn't go to eBay Open last year. I didn't even know eBay Open was last year when, when <laughs> you mentioned true. that. that is true. Like eBay Open, I'm like, oh, that sounds cool, right? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I would have loved to have been able to to learn more about it then. And so, we're well, gonna we're going to get to fully experience it this time around. Some big things happening. It's going to be fun. Yeah. All right, hey, with all that being said, thanks for tuning in. Make sure to be real, be relevant, and be reselling. Please. Please.